BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The girl sitting across from me was trying her damnness to look anywhere but at my face. Her eyes darted around her meager little bedroom, desperate to find something to stare at while I examined her. The only sounds that punctured the heavy silence were the faint ticking of the clock in the hallway and the occasional mutter from the recreation room. And after a moment, she began to chew hard on the nail of her little finger. Miss Davis, I began gently and her blue eyes, which were much too wide and large for a slender face, flickered toward me for a moment before fixing themselves determinedly on a spot on the wall. Whenever you feel like you're ready, I'd like you to answer my question. She took in a long breath that she quickly let out in a whisper of an exhale, which rattled against her tired lungs. Yes, Dr. Brian? She finally replied. Her voice was monotonous and soft, I've been eating what the nurses tell me to. I smiled, and she watched me with a guarded expression. That's good, Christine. I paused. Do you mind if I call you Christine? She shrugged, and through the material of her black t-shirt, I could see the bones in her shoulders jut out as she moved. Her collarbones were like a pair of knives protruding from the base of her neck, and her limbs were as thin and delicate as a newborn fawn's. But... Thankfully, she was still a little more filled out than the hysterical, bleeding, emaciated Christine we had admitted into the facility two weeks ago, whose spine had bulged against the pale skin of her back like a row of marbles. You look like you're progressing, I added, adjusting my glasses and jotting down a few notes. She looked gloomily down at the floor. If by progressing you mean getting fat, she muttered, then yes, I'm progressing. Christine, may may I do mind if you call me Christine? She interrupted suddenly, a sudden look crossing her features. I offered her a prim smile. I can respect that. However, Miss Davis, that is not a word we use around here. You are unhealthy, and you are here to become healthy. Health isn't necessarily attached to a number. It's only dependent on your body functioning normally and your ability to accept yourself inside and out. And right now, your body is well on its way to recovery. You seem much more energetic, and Nurse Jones tells me that your last checkup showed significant improvement. She looked back up at me, and for a moment, 
I thought I saw her eyes well up with tears. But what if I can't stop eating? She whispered, blinking quickly until the tears had retreated. What if... She raised her hands to cover her mouth and closed her eyes tightly, taking in deep, shuddering breaths through her finger to calm herself. I can't think about it, she said softly, her voice muffled from behind her hands. I know, you don't need to worry. You have all the time in the world. We don't expect you to get better overnight. We're going to work with you for as long as you need to help you develop a healthy relationship with food and exercise. She nodded a little, running her fingers through her short, black hair. But that's not actually why I'm here today. I was hoping. I continued, leaning forward a little, that we could talk a little more about the night you came to us. Her lips thinned, and she stared down at the floor. I don't don't know if I'm ready to do that. We've had several sessions about your disordered eating. I urged her gently. It's time to talk about the elephant in the room, your self-harm. Her fingers unconsciously twitched down towards her thigh. As I watched as she pressed down on the fabric of her jeans, testing the pliancy of the skin underneath it, a faint wince crossed her features as the flesh yielded to her touch. It was a behavior that was typical of an anorexic, checking for bulges and soft areas that she felt she needed to improve. What, what do you want to know? She finally asked hoarsely. Your story, I replied simply. The whole story that leads up to you, here, right now. She chewed on her lower lip for a moment, then nodded. Take all the time you need, I said. There was a silence for a moment, but then she took a deep breath and began to speak. I think it all started in high school. I was one of those ugly, duck um, late bloomers, sorry. She said quickly as I opened my mouth to object. I nodded and she continued. I don't think anyone ever gave me the time of day until I I turned 16. That's when my face started to clear up and I went from a size 6 to a size 4. I'm not going to lie. When I started getting more phone calls and making more friends, I was a little depressed. I I was still the same weirdo, but... It felt like people were willing to look past the weirdness if I was pretty, but I let it go. It was good to have friends. Since I wanted to stay that way, I did start to develop habits. I wouldn't go as far as to call it a disorder, but I had a pattern I would follow every week. I would only let myself eat once every two days. In some sick sort of way. I think that made me even more popular. That was a weird time. My space was still a thing. Schools were filled with those scene assholes, and it was trendy to be skinny. A couple of my girlfriends and I would go to the football bleachers every day during our lunch break and just drink water and smoke cigarettes so we wouldn't be tempted to eat. I don't know, now that I look back on it, it was pretty messed up. People are really fucked up, aren't they? Anyway, when I graduated, I lost contact with a lot of my friends in high school. Most of them went to college, but I didn't have the money, so I just got a job at a grocery store and moved into an apartment with one of my co-workers a year later. His name was Derek, and it was gorgeous. And he knew it. He had this awesome life filled with beautiful people and late nights at clubs, and I loved being a part of it. He always had this way of making us feel like this 
young, invincible, beautiful pair of stylish socialites. Even though we were only making a couple of dollars more than minimum wage and living in a pretty shitty part of the city, we both spent a ton of money on clothes. I'm sure we almost missed rent once or every other month. There were a few times where we had to turn the whole apartment upside down, looking for change in all the nicks and crannies. Derek wanted to be a fashion designer and he would gush about how he wanted me to model his stuff. Don't get me wrong, he was incredible with the sewing machine, but I don't think either of us expected anything to come of it. He was always really fickle with his hobbies. We lived together for a few years, but I eventually had to move into a dorm to start school, and he went to go live with his boyfriend. We never lost touch, but I didn't have a whole lot of time for clubbing or day drinking once I started school, so we did drift apart a little. Christine paused looking apprehensive until this year when he called me and said he had scored an entry into a little fashion show she continued she shifted uncomfortably and crossed her arms folded in on herself a little take your time I repeated gently well I was nervous of course but I said yes who wouldn't you know and when I showed up at his apartment for the fitting He had all these beautiful clothes for me to try on. All of them fit really well except... Except for... She took another deep, shaky breath. These fucking pants. They were made of black leather that Derek had spent a ton of money on. The way he went on about them. They were like his magnum opus. And they were amazing, but... They wouldn't... They wouldn't quite fit over my thighs. She closed her eyes. Fuck... You should have seen his face. It wasn't like he could have just let out a seams a little. He he barely had enough leather to finish the pants. He was so disappointed and he told me that he could find another girl to wear them. But I felt awful. So I told him that I would, you know. Her face paled a little. Try to lose some weight. How much did you weigh at the time? Uh, about 105. She pinched her thigh again as she spoke, a little harder this time. I pretended not to notice. That's still very underweight for your height, I said slowly. They must have been impossibly small. Everyone makes mistakes. You can't blame yourself. I know, but I did. I had a month until the show, so I found a guy at school who was selling Vivance. You know, the the ADHD medication. She flushed a little and gave me a worried smile. Sorry, of course you know. Indeed. I took it two or three times a week. The day I took it, I wouldn't eat. I couldn't if I tried. That was the beauty of it. The day after, I still wouldn't eat. Then I would eat 500 calories the third day and start over after that. My my grades got better, I guess. And it was working. By the second week... I weighed 97 pounds and I went to see Derek again. She trailed off and I could see her lips start to quiver. <sighs> they they st- still didn't fit. They would fit right up until the middle of my thigh. But then they'd stop at my hips. Derek told me it was going to be okay. He knew a girl who had the right measurements and even though he had made the pants for me, she could model them. 
I begged him to give me another two weeks and to keep her as a backup in case I couldn't do it. Then I went back to school and started out every day along with the Vivance and fasting, lots of fasting. My thighs had to be 19 inches. My waist had to be 22 inches. My hips had to be 32 inches. 22, 32, 19. Those were my encouragement words that I chanted while I worked out. I must have looked like a maniac. But despite all that, it felt like the guys on campus started to notice me a little more. I got more phone numbers that week than I've gotten my entire life. It hurt a lot that I had to do all of this to make them give a shit about me. But it felt so good. And I was so close to my perfect numbers. She broke off with a sob and covered her mouth. After a few moments, she straightened her shoulders and looked back up at me, her expression stiff, her eyes bright with tears. But then I passed out at the gym. My mom met me at the hospital and freaked out when she saw how skinny I was. The doctors were telling her to check me into some place like this, but I guess I talked her out of it. Miss Davis, I interrupted softly. We're talking a lot about your eating disorder, but I don't understand where she silenced me with the look. It was some look, angry and scared, and the hair away from a full meltdown. I inclined my head in acceptance and to let her speak. I'm getting to it, she whispered. I don't know how I convinced my mom to let me go to the show, but she agreed to it. I just had to come straight home, but the night of the show... I I took my measurements in. A tear rolled down her cheek. I was two inches away. Two inches away from being perfect. And I was out of time. It was my thighs, you know? Everything else was great, I guess. But everyone has that one fucking spot. I understand. No, you don't. I weighed 88.52 pounds. Every other part of me was skin and bone, but my goddamn legs wanted to stay fat and disgusting. She was suddenly very still. I was trying not to lose it when I went downstairs to see mom, and she she was... Oh my god, she was... She was what, Miss Davis? I urged. Her lips suddenly parted into a very broad grin, and I frowned. She was peeling potatoes. She giggled, her eyes wider. For dinner with one of those potato pillar things. And I thought it was so fascinating how the blade just slipped under the skin and peeled it all away. Like she was sculpting marble. All of the parts that she didn't need just went in the trash where they belonged. It was the perfect contraption. You could just watch the potatoes get smaller and smaller. Tears were flowing down her cheeks freely now. But that wide, terrifying smile was still firmly affixed to her face. So I grabbed a really sharp knife and my measuring tape before I went to my car. I think I know where this is going, I said quickly. I could feel cold sweat on the back of my neck and my mouth was suddenly very dry. She laughed again. (laughs) Yeah, I I bet you do, she sighed gleefully. Picked up some bandages from the drugstore near Derek's show so nobody could see what I had done. And when I tried on the pants, they fit. They fit and everyone in the back was just over the moon about me. Even though I could barely stand up, 
I actually got a few cards. People wanted to hire me. Derek was so excited. He kept telling me that we were going to be stars of the show. And we would have been, you know? She continued, her eyes widening. Everything was going so well. Until the model behind me slipped in something and fell. And that's when they all saw blood. The bandages must have started leaking. The smile finally disappeared from her face and she burst out into loud, ugly, racking sobs. I felt my face grow pale. Christine, it's going to be alright now, I begged, reaching out to touch her shoulder. She quickly swatted my hand away and her furious, tear-strained eyes locked on mine. Don't touch me, she screamed. Don't you get it? It's never going to be okay. Do you know what I had to do to myself to finally be someone? She collapsed into the bed in a heap and sobbed wordlessly, hiding her face from me. I know that's worthless coming from me, but you need to know that you have value, Christine, as a person. I began, but she turned away from me. I felt my brows furrow and worry when I saw a dark stain on the crook of her knee. I can't, I can't, I, I can't talk anymore, she whispered shakily. Please go away. I removed my glasses and rubbed my eyes hard before standing, then walked slowly out of the room. I put in hand out to stop an orderly from walking past me, and she frowned when she saw my face. What is it? She said in a low voice. Is it Christine? I'm afraid it is, I sighed. Please tell the nurses to examine her legs today. I believe she's picking at her stitches again. (laughs) 